0: Stay tuned for Occupied Territory America, hosted by Mike Fader. And this is Occupied Territory America with Mike Fader. We are here every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern. And, of course, the um, shows are available uh, archived in podcasts uh, later the same day or the next morning. Um, For those of you who are um, hearing this live-streaming now and who may hear this in podcast. uh, Naturally, of course, we have to apologize here at PRN.FM. For the last couple of days, uh, the entire um, station itself was inaccessible. Uh, You couldn't really hear any shows. We had some serious technical problems, which apparently have been solved now, and there's even more improvements that have to be made, and they're being made so um, our apologies for that. Uh, we, uh, for those people who listen to my show, The Turning Point, every Monday at 4 p.m., this past uh, Monday I had a really terrific interview with Bob Fass of BAI Fame, and that is now available as a podcast. And you can, of course, go to prn.fm and go to The Turning Point show, The Turning Point, or Occupied Territory America to uh, get these podcasts. If you have trouble loading up the show or loading when you go on to hear the live stream and it takes a long time to attach to it or you have trouble getting the podcast or you get timed out again if this if we have a little blackout or a brownout here again which we hope not there are other ways to hear these shows uh both turning point and um occupied territory america and all the other good shows on prn.fm you can go to itunes go to the itunes store it's free go to the itunes store uh, tell them Mike sent you. No, there's no room for that. Just put in the search, prn.fm. Put in the search, The Turning Point. Um, you might have to go click podcast first. I don't know. You'll have to figure it out. It's not a hard thing to do. You know, you go to the iTunes store, you click podcast, then put in search, The Turning Point or Occupied Territory uh, America. Or you can put my name in, too. So, I mean, that'll get you to one of these places. And then look around. There's a couple of shows uh, on the Internet radio called The Turning Point, so you have to just find mine. There's about four or five different shows. Easy enough to find. You can do it that way. Go to a place called Podbean, Podbean ncom podbean.com, and you can look up, uh, go put in prn.fm, a Progressive Radio Network. Also, you can go to a place called tunein.com. TuneIn.com has a listing of uh, all sorts of radio stations and programs that are available. TuneIn.com and put that same information in. So, um, again, we're sorry that we have been unavailable for a couple of days, and apparently we are back in business here. So, um, you know, keep listening. Also, to remind you that uh, those of you who are on Facebook who, you know, don't mind that, uh, what's his name, Mark Zuckerberg uh, knows what's in your back pocket or the NSA is tracking uh, every little hairbrush that you buy from Amazon, if you don't mind that and you're on Facebook, you can um, always go, and I invite you to go, to Occupied Territory on Facebook. Just put in Occupied Territory on Facebook. And we have its more or less a constant political blog that I write there. I uh, quote other articles or link to other articles, and I will write uh, a screed. What's it called? Screed, an essay, a sermon, something that goes on uh, maybe a few paragraphs or more, and then uh, you're free to give your responses, as people often do. All right, so here we are, um, the year of somebody's Lord, whatever it is, uh, you know, August um, 8th. And um, I constantly refer to on the show, and you hear this in other places, too. People throw around certain words, and, you know, people hear this, uh, and they're tired of it, tired of hearing certain phrases and words. Um, That's one of the reasons why sometimes um, people have to reinvent language or switch to other terms. Uh, Personally, I'm sorry that the word liberal, you know, died a painful death and disappeared. Uh, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. If you're a liberal, you're... A failed upper middle class uh, person who talks to talk but won't walk the walk, or whatever. And if you if you bide us from the right, a liberal is a socialist or a communist, which is of course a big joke. But I like liberal. The F FDR was a you know was a liberal. The people who supported him were liberals. The people who put into place Social Security, uh, even people who came from that generation Johnson, who were growing up then um you know put into place uh medicare all these programs which provide for the poor the elderly the hungry people who can't work anymore people who are starving people who have no place to live all of these things were put in by liberals proudly self-identified liberals but now somehow that word i should say the liberals allowed that word which is a so typical of liberals Maybe that's one of the reasons why liberals disappeared. You know, like the dinosaurs disappeared or various species disappear sometimes from the planet because they don't have the uh, the Darwinian capability of surviving some other opportunistic infection or, uh, or species that wants to eat it for lunch. So I think the liberals, one of the things that – and this is uh, an, as old as history, if you're interested in history – uh, people often refer to uh, the, the Weimar Republic in Germany. And this is, you know, not going to be a history lecture here because God forbid, right? Back in school, nobody wants that. But uh, Weimar Republic was made up of idealists and liberals and socialists uh, after World War uh, One in Germany. You know, after the Kaiser, you know, and his imperial pointy hat, uh, jackboots, you know, endless war, endless fascism, all this crap. So people said, let's try something else. And socialism was always very big in Germany, right? I mean, way back, the Germans had uh, a a form of national health care and even a form of national pensions like Social Security decades and decades and decades before the United States ever did it. So, oddly enough, Germany is a weird place. They've always had this split personality where they have extremely advanced politics and um, science, medicine, philosophy, and politics. And on the other hand, they are, of course, notorious for being the most... Uh, primitive, right-wing, scary, insane, uh, you know, military monsters. So Germany is a very strange place. But they had, after World War I, they had the Weimar Republic, W-E-I-M-A-R. I guess you could call it Weimar, if you're going to use the correct pronunciation. The Weimar Republic, which really was a collection of Democrats, liberals, and socialists who wanted to institute decent programs, some of the kind that, you know, FDR put into power, uh, into uh, into effect when he was, uh, you know, finally got got going, and he had Congress on his side, and there was nobody to oppose him, uh, except the Supreme Court. But he swatted them away like flies. Generally, they just uh, they just passed new laws and kept uh, tiring them out and, until they had to give up. But um, so the Weimar Republic was, uh, you know, a leader. It was in the vanguard of uh, modern governments in trying to create decent behavior and decent conditions for all of its citizens and of course the inevitable reaction to this was fascism nazism the corporations were outraged as they're always outraged when somebody tries to take a penny of their uh, obscene profits Uh, and then they hire thugs and they hired uh, the nazis as street gangs and then that became a political party and uh, people were poor for various reasons, and I said I won't make a history lesson out of this, though I love history, obviously. But uh, there was many reasons why. The Germans were desperately poor, starving to death, uh, and um, finally for one reason or another. uh, But one reason was always, and still is, and just look at this country more all the time, that corporations who are in business to make tremendous profits and um, who uh, want nothing but power and money at the expense of the huge, overwhelming mass of citizens in any given place. They don't care. You can die. You can sleep out in the rain and snow. You can uh, die of sickness, and you can die of malnutrition. They don't care. They just want money and power. There are always people like this, and they will hire um, people who were somewhat stupid or ignorant and thuggish to begin with, um, and in Germany after World War One, there was a lot of uh, men wandering around. Uh, since they were so poor, there was no, no, there were no jobs. The money was getting to be more and more worthless all the time. They couldn't even buy bread to live on, uh, to survive. And a lot of these ex-soldiers who knew about fighting and they knew about how to use weapons and they knew how to use discipline uh, merged. With uh, with uh, corporate interests and a sort of in between hazy group of uh, beer drinking, beer swilling, fat, um, you know, disabled in their minds thugs called the Nazis, all of this combined, all this stew combined to get Nazi Germany and fascism in Germany. So what happened was that the Weimar Republic, made up of socialists and liberals and and Democrats, of course, they had to allow these people, these thugs and these corporate bastards who broke all the laws, who ignored everybody else's sense of decency, who uh, broke things, who beat people up, who killed people, who uh, attempted to, uh, you know, to, to, to throw unions out of their factories or permit unions not to, you know, and not permit unions to organize. They allowed it all to happen. They said, well, you know, uh, we have to practice what we preach. We preach, uh, and this is an eternal problem with liberals, Democrats, and you might even say with decent people. How do, you do, how do you do this in a society where there are people who are insane in their pursuit of power and money, and they don't care if people die in their, in their pursuit of it, uh, people who are sadistic who are petty, who are nasty, brutish, and ignorant. When you have people like this, and believe me, I deal with them all the time uh, on the radio show at Sirius XM, where I take calls from all over the country. When you have people like this, and then you have a large floating population of people who are absolutely either trained in the military or dying to fire a gun or actually own a gun, if you have a group of people like this, um, do, how, much, how much leeway do you allow them? How much leeway do you allow them? When you have to practice what you preach, if you're a liberal or a democrat or a socialist, everybody has the right to speak. We all have the right to free speech. Somewhere in between there, someplace, there's got to be some kind of laws against uh, permitting people to go beyond the point where where uh, where uh, you know decency exists. And I'm not making some veiled um, <clears throat> reference to. Uh, to limiting free speech, or limiting this, or limiting that, but in fact, having said that, I guess I am. It's not a veiled reference. There's, there, there has to be limits to everything. This show uh, can only be an hour long because there's another show, Gary Nolls show, that comes after it. Uh, no, it doesn't matter who follows me at uh, who follows me at. Um, At 3 o'clock, I forget. I lose my uh, scheduling brains when I come down here sometimes. But whoever the show is at 3 o'clock that follows, I can only be on here for an hour, right? And um, I have to get off. There's limits. Uh, You know, when you're speaking to other people where you work or in your family, there are limits beyond which you don't go. And if you go beyond them, you should pay the price. You will hurt people physically, emotionally. Uh, You know, they they will bear different kinds of scars. There are limits to everything. Everybody's got their limits. Everything has its limits. There is probably limits to how far certain groups should be allowed to go in society when they are acting against the interests of the huge mass of average, regular people. And one of the reasons that the liberals often are victims uh, and die out, you know, uh, the Weimar Republic was overthrown, basically, by the Nazis and uh, what's interesting is that uh, in the Weimar Republic in Germany, which was, uh, you know, extremely liberal and extremely and a very sort of like you know decency oriented, everybody had to have their say. Everybody was uh, permitted, you know, the Nazis. Sure, we want a permit to wear our, uh, you know, brown shirts and our boots and wear our guns, which is illegal, probably in the streets, but who cares? We want to just sound like America, right? They want, they want to wear their flags, you know, and their medals and their uniforms from the war, and they want to all have march around with the guns that they still had from the war, or guns that they found somewhere else, and they want the, they want to get out and they want to get in the street and they want to yell, "Let's overthrow the elected government." The hell with elections, the hell with these liberals and Jews, you know not that they were all Jews, got a handful right the hell with all these people we 're sick of them let 's use our force and our so that 's what they did when they exercised their free speech. They wore guns, assembled in places, beat people up who looked at them funny, uh, all breaking laws right, uh, crashed into stores, um, knocked down uh, the election placards of the other side, broke the government offices, insulted people, libelled people. But you had to let them do it right. They have their right to free speech. Well, there's limits to everything. So what happens with liberals often is that they allow people to get away with murder, literally, or rape or thievery on a grand scale. And people see them as inevitably weak, which is what they are. Right, they allow these things to happen. Forget about the kind of liberals who pretend they're liberals and basically uh, use that as an excuse to get into government and loot and uh, thieve all over the place. But when you have um, liberals, you know, who do this kind of thing, it's a real problem if you're a liberal, right? So liberals become a dirty word. It's become a dirty word because one of the reasons is because of their, uh, you know, demonstrated weakness in trying to figure out how to deal with thugs. And with people who are uh, doing unconstitutional things and destroying the government, they don't know how to deal with these people. Um, they're not tough enough. They're not strong enough. They're not aggressive. A guy like Roosevelt was an unusual character because he was a liberal and he believed. Uh, you know, at certain points he was, uh, you know, a wheeler dealer and, and as vicious a politician as anybody that ever lived. And who knows about his involvement at the beginning of World War um, World War Two? That's a whole other subject, but. One thing Roosevelt did was he had, uh, to put it bluntly, a pair of balls, which most... And I, and I use this in its most metaphoric way, right? Men, women, he had a spot, he had a spine, he had a pair of balls. This, he, would, he went to Madison Square Garden once at the height of still the Depression when he was trying to push his programs through in 1933-34 when he was first elected and took office and pushing all of these programs through. And, of course, who lined up against him? The usual suspects, the bankers, Wall Street. Right, the owners of large corporations, uh, some people high up in the military, you name it. They even got together, these people. They were so upset about him actually helping sick people, old people, poor people, and starving people. This upset them so much, these sons of bitches, that they actually spoke to a guy who was either at the time the current or former, recently former head of the Marine Corps. A famous general named Smedley Butler, they had a secret meeting and spoke to this guy and said, how about it? You want to help us take back the government, you know, for the people who, who, who it really belongs to? And he told him to go screw themselves, right, because that's how he felt about it. But that's how bad it got, right? But Roosevelt stood up to them. Roosevelt was not Jimmy Carter, and he's not, you know, Barack Obama, and he's not even, you know, Bill Clinton. He had a spine. He had guts. He had a pair of balls. He stood up at Madison Square Garden when they were all calling him names and insulting him and trying to wound him and everything else. And the Madison Square Garden was packed with workers, with people who were poor, with people who were in unions. I mean, you know, with real people, right? Not a bunch of people, you know, who are with beer bellies and $500 expense accounts for their seats. He's in Madison Square Garden, and he makes a speech. Uh, total, place is totally packed. I think I went over the radio, but I don't remember. And he said, um, I am proposing these programs to rescue the country from poverty, illness, from from disease, from children dying. I'm doing this for all of you. And the bankers hate me. He says, I welcome their hatred. And he smiled. Now look at this poor, pathetic, corporate, uh, ballless asshole who is the president right now of the United States. And I hear people tell me all the time, you know. Mike, they tell me, uh, here's a here's a prevalent theory, and maybe this is something you've heard, or maybe it's something you believe. Uh, Obama and his family have been threatened. I'm just quoting this as a theory. I'm not saying this. I don't really know. Uh, they've been threatened with their lives. In other words, they are in mortal danger if the president doesn't do what the owners of the country tell him to do. So that would explain why he wants to hire Larry Summers, who is basically, in his own way, one of the architects of uh, of the um, economic disasters in this country, right? And who is a real pig. He wants to hire him or appoint him, I should say, as the head of the Federal Reserve, the uh, Federal Reserve, because Bernanke is, uh, you know, retiring, right? Larry Summers, who was uh, Obama's original head of the National Council of Economic Advisers, has 25 people at the same title. Uh, the jobs uh, over, you know, czar, the national advisors of economic counselors of advisors of counselors, right? All well, bullshit, just a way to give powerful people an office in the White House so the president doesn't stray too far, God forbid, in helping actual human beings and citizens, right? So Summers, this tired old corporate whore, uh, you know, I can't say enough bad things about him. Also, on top of that, one of the worst sexists. Ever you could possibly imagine a man in his position, right? One of the people who was um, the architects of uh, the downfall of the American economy and even the world economy, because when it came time for Obama to uh, to uh, you know to, to to propose stimulus funds. Uh, He was going to propose something like a trillion dollars or a trillion and a half dollars. And it was Summers who fought desperately against this and said, no, 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 you can't do that. You absolutely can't do that. In other words, a man on the side of bankers, the banks, and the rich. This is Summers, a real pig. And this is who the president wants to appoint. He appointed to the head of the Securities and Exchange Commission, who was supposed to police Wall Street, right? He appoints one of the leading corporate lawyers for Wall Street, Mary Jo White. And I could go down the list, one after another after another. He puts Michael Taylor in at the FDA as like sort of the food czar at the FDA, who is a former vice president of Monsanto. He appoints people to be in charge of the CIA or people to be in charge of the NSA or promotes generals who are as right wing and as vicious and unconstitutional, uh, thuggish as possible. And you say, and when he wants to appoint somebody to, to be uh, the head of his jobs, uh, panel, what does he do, Obama? He goes and he appoints Jeffrey Immelt, the head of GE which has shipped tens of thousands of jobs overseas and hasn't paid its taxes, though it's made billions of dollars in profit for a couple of years now, he appoints him, him, a job killer, a monster job killer, to be in charge of his jobs program. And people say to themselves, constantly with Obama, his surges and raising uh, the uh, the tax on uh, the, the ultra-rich about 2%, which is like pocket change, every time he does something like this, which plays into the hands of the worst people in this country, people say, well, they start making excuses for him. Liberals make excuses for him, right? Um, they say, well, you know, he's been threatened. It's the only reason to, the only way to explain Obama's behavior, since he's playing everything straight into the hands of the worst people, since he's like basically giving the whole ranch away to the worst people, why would he do a thing like that? Oh, he must have been threatened. I don't know. You could believe that if you want. Other people say, which looks more clearly apparent to me, that he is one of those people, that he was vetted before he ever ran. After all, you're dealing with Democrats and Republicans at the highest level, which means you're dealing with one party. At the highest levels of the Democratic and Republican Party, and at the national level, and certainly at the highest levels, you get a guy like Schumer or people like Pelosi, Diane Feinstein, all these people, you know, uh, Carl Levin, you get all these people, and... Um, Uh, These are the heads of the Democratic Party, right? And you get Obama, you get uh, Hillary Clinton, the Clintons. These are the same people as the people on the other side. They just talk a different game. Once in a while, they make an interesting appointment that's good for people, you know, on the Supreme Court or here and there, they all champion, the cause of women or gays. Yeah, the other side would never do that. Yeah, that makes them marginally better. But the bottom line is the bottom line. What, what what is at the root of all of our troubles in this country is income inequality. What is at the root of all of our troubles in this country, no matter how many liberal uh, Supreme Court appointments a uh, president might make, or that he will eliminate, or that he will you know get rid of the Defense of Marriage Act, you know, all these kinds of things. That's all very nice. I appreciate that and I approve of it, right? Or he will try to champion laws for uh, you know for women to get equal pay. Good, that's great. But the basic problem is. Uh, what's down at the foundation of the building, which makes it rotten and about to fall over all the time and makes everybody living in the building uh, live basically miserable lives, is that the landlords of the building are the owners of the country, the richest people, the very rich, the heads of corporations and the super rich people. They own and they run the country. They tell him what to do. And... You could figure out, you could decide on your own whether or not you want to believe that this man either works for them or has been threatened by them or is confused. Sometimes I think the man is just plain incompetent. I really don't think he's up to the job. I don't think he has the scope, the vision, the aggression, and the guts to do the job of President of the United States. Guy like Clinton, for all his, uh, you know, bad behavior and all, you know, his, you know, whacking of jobs with NAFTA, I mean, he did a lot of really awful things, Clinton. No use, no point right now going into a whole laundry list of them. And also a tool of the rich, right? But this guy, when he wanted somebody to do something, he stood up and told them what he wanted them to do. He knew how to twist arms. And Hillary Clinton would do the same thing. But they're all the same people. At these highest levels, they're all the same people. The other day... Um, the, the president, <laughs> I don't even like to call Barack Obama the president, not for that reason, right? I'm not, you know, a bigot. I don't like to call him the president because he doesn't act like the president. He acts like a confused bureaucrat who basically wants to uh, get a job as vice president of General Motors, you know, or something one day, or director of, uh, you, know, uh, you know, global, um, you know, operations for GE. He doesn't have he doesn't have the vision and the and the foresight and the ability to be a politician and to run the government right. So I look at him the other day. What does he do? Edward Snowden, who is actually a hero, who has actually revealed uh, the astounding. This isn't stopping. It just keeps coming all the time. This the astounding, unconstitutional behavior, anti-constitutional behavior of the last several governments and particularly of the current government because they're all the same at the top. Uh, Obama, what does Obama decide? He's got Edward Snowden in Moscow. He's not going to go to Moscow to talk with um, with uh, Putin about some very important issues, you know, reducing nuclear arms and all kinds of other things that two lead leaders of nations should talk about. He's not going. He's going to have a little tantrum. He's going to go there for a meeting of the G20 or the, the G10 or the G3 or the G-Wiz, you know, people who actually own the world. He's going to go there, and they're going to figure out uh, exactly uh, How many jobs to steal from Greece? How many, uh, you know, how many pensions to cut in in Spain? Whatever it is that they do when they get together with these meetings, you know, how how to uh, make sure that unions all get blown up with dynamite. But he's going to go there and do that, but he won't have a personal meeting with Putin. And why is he having his little hissy fit tantrum? Because Edward Snowden was given asylum by the Russians. Now, good for Edward Snowden if he lives more than a week in that place. He's in a bad spot, because when you're in a spot where you have to trust the Russian government, which is basically a mafia organization, when you're in a spot where you have to trust them with your safety, good luck to you, right? I don't know what's going on with him, but uh, I guess he couldn't stay in the airport. He didn't want to stay in the airport anymore. Anyhow, he's got asylum in Russia. Oh, this is terrible, says the administration of the United States. Forget about the people of the United States. They don't even exist anymore. They're they're a consumer audience that every four years gets told to vote a certain way. Um, So he's not going to meet with Putin. And, um, uh, you know, people like Charles Schumer, who is one of the most powerful Democrats, one of the most powerful politicians in the country, and a Democrat, a leader of the Democratic Party, uh, once upon a time probably would have called himself a liberal, though he is nothing like that. He's basically Wall Street's pet senator, Charles Schumer taking more money from Wall Street and continues to take more money from Wall Street than any other senator. Basically, Lord, Lloyd Blankfein and Jamie uh, Dimon and all these other people who, uh, who run Wall Street have their arms straight up Schumer's ass and they manipulate his mouth by moving their fingers. That's Charles Schumer, right? He's a Democrat. Tell me about the difference between the two parties. Tell me about the lesser of two evils. Dianne Feinstein's husband... She's one of the leaders of the Democratic Party. She loves the NSA. She loves the CIA. She loves giving money to any organization, secret or otherwise, that will blow up anybody and invade anybody. She is real, really something. Her, you know, she she is uh, one of the people in Congress who could have saved the Post Office, which is now dying, right? Uh, because they have this absurd pension scheme that they had to fund. It's all a big setup. The post office uh, was required by Congress to fund um, pensions at a very high level for the next hundred years. Some in- incredible thing, which is basically a, a, a bill that was passed by people who wanted to privatize the post office. And Dianne Feinstein was one of the leaders of this, right? And um, Dianne Feinstein's husband, so, so, so the post office has to sell off, you know, basically. It's going to be privatized, you know, within a year, two years, five years. They have to sell off uh, their assets. What what is one of their main assets? Post offices. Very old, beautiful buildings, buildings built in the Depression by the money of people, you know, who barely had enough money to pay their taxes, the sweat and the labor. Uh, The post office is built by people, decent, hardworking people who are out of work because the bankers went nuts and ran out of control, which is why we had to pass all those acts like Glass-Steagall. Because the bankers ran out of control, because the thieves and the thugs and the predators got out of control again like they always do, sometimes they they break the lock on their cage or somebody lets them out, you know, in the middle of the night, and then they go around eating everybody until somebody puts them back in. This time nobody's putting them back in. They're actually eating us now. Uh, so basically, uh, what are so all of these uh, post offices got built. They hired bricklayers they hired architects they hired artists they hired uh construction guys they hired people who made steel they hired um you know steel workers they hired uh iron workers they hired people to build post offices all over the country my local post office two blocks from where i live was built in uh 1936 uh by the works progress administration whatever and it has a plaque there and it said this post office which is you know it's sort of a boring building but it's still you know it's got a little uh, little you know decorations here and there and it's a solid building i don't think they've ever even had to fix it since then maybe they pointed it once or twice but this building and every time i walk in that building it says a plaque that was built under the administration of franklin roosevelt 1936 works progress administration um every time i walk in that building i feel some atavistic sense at this point i have to say archaic sense or atavistic sense is a better word of being proud to be an american to see what people can do for other people when times are hard and people aren't stealing everything from everybody when people get together and try when when our government actually represents our interests when is the last time that happened i have i can't even remember that far back Every time I walk in that post office, no matter how bad the news is and how thieving and corrupt politicians are, I see this building built during the Depression by people who were down and out, who were starving, whose families were starving, hired by the government uh, with borrowed money, bonds that were sold or whatever it was, you know, and whatever taxes that were available, and put to work by our government. We were put to work by our own government because no one else would hire us because it wasn't profitable or whatever. And he built these post offices all over the country. I love going into that post office. I feel proud uh, of what the country used to be when I go into there. And what it could be again if people would ever take their government back. And I don't mean by voting for a Democrat or a Republican. I absolutely don't mean that. You know I don't mean that. <laughs> Maybe in a town council or a city council or for mayor or for governor or in a state legislature. Okay, but if you think except for a handful of people, if you think for one second anymore, is there anybody left who thinks that voting for a Democrat, for Congress, for Senate, or for the President, makes any difference, forget about it. Schumer, Schumer, who was a whore for Wall Street, runs the Democratic Party. Now, here's Diane Feinstein, right? So here's Congress, you know, she's a powerful senator, has a lot of say, right? Um, So the post office has a sell-off because of this jive scheme that somebody cooked up to privatize it. They have to sell off all their buildings. Who got the job as the central real estate guy to sell off the buildings, to buy and sell the buildings and make a profit on the sale of the buildings? Diane Feinstein's husband. Look it up. This is the kind of people you're dealing with. The other day, uh, you know, uh, Obama does uh, the inevitably stupid thing and throws a little fit and says, I'm not going to meet with Putin to talk about reducing nuclear weapons because he gave um, asylum to a traitor. Of course, he's not a traitor, Snowden. Obama is the traitor. John Brennan's the traitor. The head of the NSA is the traitor. Diane Feinstein, Nancy Pelosi, Charles Schumer, uh, Lindsey Graham, and who's that other poofter? Uh, mitch mcconnell they're the traitors to america they're the ones who step all over the constitution kill people violate all of our rights they're the, they're the they're the ones who are committing treason all the time against america but when somebody stands up and puts his life in jeopardy and his life is compromised forever if he even lives that long snowden right who knows what deals under the table russians and americans can make and you know disappear off the streets one day and never be seen again i mean trusting the russians good luck So Obama decides that all these people who are basically the real traitors, the people who are the tools of the rich, the people who are the ones who who invade countries and murder people, and as we speak, Obama and his minions are launching drones somewhere to blow people up. Good luck if they're actually our enemies. I don't know, because we're not allowed to know. So here's these murderers, traitors to the Constitution, and we have a hero who stands up against them and tells all the people in the United States that all of their phone mail, all their phone calls, all their emails, every stroke, every keystroke that they make is being tapped and listened to and recorded by the federal government. Completely unconstitutional against the very foundation laws of the founders of this country. The people who own and run this country now are closer, far closer. If you drew a line, one end to another, right, a continuum, the people who own and run this country now, who, you know, are theoretically elected by the populace, and fewer and fewer turn out all the time, and for good reason, because they see it doesn't make any difference. Um, the people who own and run this country, if you draw a line, are far closer to the end of the line where King George and uh, his dukes and earls and his army and his mercenaries came over here to fight a war with us. Those people who who actually are in office now at the highest levels of our government are much closer to King George and his army and his mercenaries and their murderous behavior than the founders of this country. Far closer. If a scale of 1 to 10 and King George and the imperial government of Britain and Hessian mercenaries and the British Army and uh, bayonettings and hangings and no rights whatsoever is a ten, and the founders of this country were a one, you know, Jefferson and Lincoln and Jefferson and Madison and Franklin and all those people, if they're a one, the Obama administration and all the people at the top of Congress, all corporate whores, all of them, are closer to a seven or an eight closer to where king george is that's what we're dealing with right now so obama says oh i'm not going to meet with putin because he's harboring a traitor who's <laughs> harboring a traitor the white house is harboring a traitor right the capitol building is harboring a couple of hundred traitors they're called congress this is america there's this government there's this people down in washington who um who run everything and then there's the united states of america Two separate entities having nothing to do with each other anymore. It's Wall Street South, Washington. They should just call it Wall Street South. Change the name of Washington, D.C. to Wall Street South. Or to, uh, you know, Langley North. (laughs) That's all it is. It's the CIA. It's the Defense Department. It's weapons manufacturers. And it's Wall Street. That's what the government is. It's not your government. not my government. Do they do anything remotely like you want them to do? And please don't tell me about, oh, yeah, the Supreme Court, oh, yeah, he did this for gay, so he did. Yeah, that's good. Thanks. That's very nice. I appreciate a little icing on the poisonous cake. It looks pretty. Give me a goddamn break. Really? You know? So, so he's not going to meet with Putin because he's harboring a quote-unquote traitor, which is beyond absurd and, you know, disgusting. It turns language inside out. Uh, and reality so what does Schumer say I approve wholeheartedly they are, that Putin is a bully he says and they're harboring a traitor This is the, this is one of the leaders of the Democratic Party next time you go out and pull a lever <laughs> or press a button or put in a piece of paper to a slot somewhere during an election for Congress or Senator or President don't waste your time vote for a third party candidate yeah Or maybe you're one of the lucky people who has Alan Grayson or, you know, somebody else like that, like a handful of people in Congress, or one or two senators uh, who you can vote for, Elizabeth Warren or something like that, if you're lucky, 5%, 2% of the entire Congress. All right, so what else is going on? Uh, Mr. Engineer, how much time do we have? Um, 20 minutes? Okay. Um, So what is happening this week? you notice in the front pages of the paper here, I pick up the paper, uh, I, actually I clipped it out, I'm lying to you, I don't have the whole paper here. It says, order by, you all noticed this, right? This was in every newspaper in the country, uh, was on every, uh, you know, I don't watch TV, so I don't know what's at the top, but I'm sure it's at the top of all the bullshit news organizations, right? Order by Qaeda, however you say is it Qaeda? Qaeda? Order by Qaeda for attack led to terror alert. Messages intercepted. Bin Laden's successor is said to have sent an edict to Yemen. Okay, you all know about this, right? The Obama administration's decision last week to close, they closed nearly two dozen diplomatic missions and issue a worldwide travel alert came after the United States intercepted electronic communications in which the head of al-Qaeda ordered the leader of the group's affiliate in Yemen to carry out an attack as early as this past Sunday, according to um, American officials. Uh, Now, I can't read. I have trouble reading all these Arabic names, so let's just use uh, names that are easier to pronounce of um, famous mass murderers, okay? The intercepted conversations last week between um, Dick Cheney, who succeeded uh, uh, Donald Rumsfeld as the head of the global terrorist group, and um, uh, Henry Kissinger, the head of the Yemen-based Al Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, revealed uh, what American intelligence officials and lawmakers now get this, revealed that what American intelligence officials and lawmakers have described as one of the most serious plots against America and Western interests since the attacks on September 11th, 2001. American officials said that it was highly unusual for senior Qaeda leaders in Pakistan to discuss operational matters with the group's affiliates. The communication between the two men seems to indicate that Mr. Brennan, whom administration officials have portrayed as greatly diminished and hindered in running a global network, right, while deep in hiding, still has a strong influence over Do you understand what this is all about? Snowden revealed that the NSA, the federal government, in secret, with secret courts, with nobody having anything to do with it, um, nobody having any say, no lawyer, no citizen, no nothing, no nobody, a few people at the top of the government can um, tap all of our phones, your phone, my phone. They can read our emails. And it gets worse every day when you see what they're capable of doing. They, um, they, they, They can follow every single thing we do. They have... Uh, malware, and they have things they can put into computers and into your cell phones. This is not a conspiracy theory, by the way. It's been done all the time. It's being done now. In Afghanistan, it's done all the time by the, um, by the Defense Department. What they do is... Um, they, uh, they somehow infiltrate, or with the cooperation of large corporations, they infiltrate video games or pornography or something. And when it's downloaded into your cell phone, or into your computer, what's also downloaded is something that can steal every bit of information from your computer. So you think you're buying something from Amazon. You want to buy a toothbrush from Amazon? You go look at porn. You want to buy a video game, you know, uh, Death Star 26, America Flag Forever, you know, 17 in this series. You know, a uh, badge of valor and honor, uh, American flag against the whole world, number 24. You want to buy this crap, this bullshit? Anytime you download a game, any one of these things, they can and they do put, um, put uh, information in it, which can uh, immediately contact directly with their, with their uh, servers, with their computers. Uh, in Afghanistan, and they're building this now in the United States, Probably. I don't have proof of it. But in Afghanistan, what they've done for a long time now is they put up fake cell towers, phony cell towers, which intercept cell traffic from everybody in all of Afghanistan. No matter who you are, whatever, you make a call over there, uh, these phony cell towers will snatch this stuff out of the air because it's, you know, recognized as a destination for a cell phone, and uh, it will record everything that's said on the cell phone. They are probably... I have no doubt they are building them in this country right now. How many cell phone towers And there are, you know, tens of thousands all over the country in this, uh, you know, all over this place in this country, and cell phone relay stations? How many belong to the government and how many belong to corporations? It doesn't make any difference. Look at all these corporations that rolled over like little toy poodles when the government told them they had to. So they're doing this stuff in secret. Snowden uh, uh, reveals that the government is... Acting like a Soviet government, like a Nazi government. No, no no, point in mincing words anymore, right? I'm not a liberal. <laughs> I was once proud to be a liberal, and I loved the word, but I'm not that kind of liberal, where I let people get away with stealing my government and my constitution and my entire life. I don't think that's America. And if I'm a liberal, you know, then I don't want to put up with it. I don't like the word progressive. Now, I know I'm on the progressive radio network. We're not going to call ourselves the liberal radio network. The word liberal has gone out of fashion, out of style. Somehow it's been demeaned. It shot its own self in the foot, and it also somehow got linguistically smashed by uh, 10 years of um, heavy conservative talk radio. And liberals being liberals, they said, oh, they shouldn't say that about us, but they should say whatever they want, right? I can't, oh, oh, no. (laughs) You know who's, you know, you know who's uh, the worst example of liberals? NPR. NPR. They have vanilla custard for brains and they have uh, limp linguine for spines over at NPR. You are never, because they're funded by corporations, you are never. That's what's good about a place like PRN.FM, you know, or any other community radio station, even the Pacifica networks. They don't take corporate funding, they don't take what's called underwriting. Underwriting is a polite word for commercials. NPR. It's a corporate holding. NPR is funded by corporations. Yeah, there's a lot of places like the Ford Foundation, Pew Charitable Trust, and all all these uh, foundations that actually do some very good work, but, and hospitals, but basically it's corporate funded. It's corporate funded, and the people there make salaries of several hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, good for them. You know, I mean, a lot of people listen to them. You know, that's a whole other subject. But, you're listening to corporate radio when you listen to NPR. So, Basically, but they they and the right wing accuses NPR being liberal. <laughs> I don't even know what liberal means anymore. Um, if you're going to make labels about politics in these in this day and age in America, um, uh, you can. I can't think of a one word thing right now. But you might you might want to look at it this way: there are people who are for the American people, and there are people who are against the American people. Uh, people who are against the American people are people who run major media organizations, who are the anchors and the news people for major media organizations, like at CNN or NBC or ABC or MSNBC, who uh, actually just only in the last few days, after years of Obama stepping all over the Constitution and creating secret courts and invading places and sending special ops troops to to murder people all over the world and blowing up people with drones – after years and years and years of outrageous corporately controlled um uh unconstitutional behavior, uh one or two of the people on MSNBC, uh I don't know what, out of some atavistic sense of guilt, have decided to say, I don't know if this is a good idea what he's doing. Don't <laughs> just sell out lazy assholes all of them, right? So who's against the people? Uh Anybody who is anywhere near the leadership of the Democratic and Republican Party, 75, 80% of the senators and congresspeople in Congress are corporate tools. They are against the American people. The president is against the American people. The Supreme Court, at least five justices for sure, are against the American people. These people don't like democracy. They work for the rich. They are rich. They hate us. And by us, I mean 90% of the population of this country, even people who think they are in the right wing or the Tea Party, because they're too stupid to know the difference. And people who are for the American people are people who do stuff like Edward Snowden, or maybe, to be unhumble, people who do things like PRN here. Or the Pacifica Foundation, or places like Common Dreams or Alternet, or ple- people who risk their necks and certainly are building up files in the FBI somewhere who turn out for demonstrations against this kind of thing. People who are in Occupy, the occasional senator and congressman, uh, congressperson who will speak up and say, this is wrong, like Elizabeth Warren. I mean, I don't know her full story, but good for her or if somebody like Alan Grayson, or once in a while somebody, there's some congressman up in um, Massachusetts who questioned all this. What a coincidence. The President of the United States um, closes by executive order something like two dozen American uh, embassies and consulates. That sends a great message to the world, right? Um, close down. Now, I thought... now. Eh, Every day you pick up the newspaper for the last 10 years, we find out that the head of Al-Qaeda has been killed, or the deputy head has been killed, right? Am I wrong about this? <laughs> Am I the only one? Every time you pick up the newspaper, so you don't believe it anymore, it's like Orwellian language. Uh, Akbar al Manumi. Uh, who was, uh, you know, said by authorities to be the, uh, the new leader of Al Qaeda in, uh, you know, Waukegan, Illinois, has been killed by a drone. This seriously weakens the ability of Al Qaeda. Blah, 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 and more blah, blah, blah. They killed everybody already a hundred times. And yet, even though they're all dead because of the NSA's tremendous work and all the drones, right? Even though we killed them all over and over again and they're all dead and gone and they have no effectiveness, according to the government, all of a sudden the government says, whoa, they're getting together and they're going to blow up embassies. We better close everything down. What is this telling us? It's telling us that they're lying sons of bitches, That's what it's telling us. They never did get all these people. And if they did get them, then they're making this up. What a coincidence. At the same moment that this tidal wave of feeling and information is coming about about the NSA and how they are acting like Soviets or Nazis in our own government and in our own country, when all this is coming out and revealing the rotten, stinking, worm-eaten corporate You know, corporate pus inside the heart of the American government. When this is coming out, all of a sudden they grab a bunch of headlines and places like the New York Times print this stuff and they're fed this poisonous crap and they print it as if it was the truth. It'll be on CNN, it'll be on MSN, it'll be all over the place on every news organization. Uh, All, you know, terror threat, according, yeah, according to government officials, when you read according to, what a coincidence. What a goddamn coincidence. At the very moment that the NSA is being questioned for doing all this outrageous, unconstitutional, fascist, Soviet crap, all of a sudden the NSA has shown what an important organization is because they caught this traffic, so we had to close down embassies so they didn't get blown up. Is that what we do? How come we're closing down embassies? Are we afraid of a bunch of people we already killed a hundred times? I thought, according to the same government sources that said, that are telling us about how dangerous these people are, that they weren't dangerous anymore. They keep lying and lying and lying. They can't keep track of their lies. And then the latest thing we hear is, the NSA, oh, well, you know, what they've done is defended the president, uh, the heads of Congress. You know, they go on all the talk shows and all the talk show people eat it up. And when people are feeding them shit, they lap it down because they're getting paid five million dollars a year. And they're saying, thank you very much for that shit, Senator. It tastes really good. Yum, yum. Where's my check? That's the corporate media for you, right? So they go on all this, all the heads of Congress, the president, all these people, you know, the head of the CIA, General this, General them, General McRipper, whoever's the head of whatever. And they get on and they go all over these shows and they go every place and they say, oh, the NSA, the only reason they make their little excuses. Yes, we are throwing a wide net, uh, although it's secret. I can hardly tell you about it. I love that, right? Uh, They're doing something astoundingly bad, but they can't tell you about it because it's a secret. And you have to shut up. And if you say anything about it, you could get in trouble. You could wind up in Guantanamo. God knows what will happen to people like me one day. (laughs) I have no idea, right? Uh, so they tell you all this stuff. They say, Oh, well, you know, this is what they'll, this is what they'll give you anyhow. They said, Well, you know, we're doing this to protect Americans from terrorists. If it wasn't for the NSA scooping up all this information, even everything in our own country. You know, even what you wrote to your aunt the other day or what you bought on Amazon or what you said to your friend over the phone. We need all information because we're protecting you all from terrorists, from being blown up, and your children from being blown up. Oh, really? Then the other day we find out what? That the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Administration, has been routinely for years arresting drug dealers... Not my favorite kind of people, but nevertheless, arresting drug dealers on information provided domestically by the national security miss, the national, you know, uh, Security Agency, by the NSA. The NSA, which all the leaders of our country and they themselves say is there to protect us from terrorists, and that's why they have to violate and ruin the whole Constitution, uh, uh, is giving this information to other agencies, probably to the FBI, maybe to local police, maybe to corporations to let us know. But maybe the NSA tapped the phone and you said, you know, I think I need a new can opener. And they send the information directly to canopenersrs.com at Amazon. Who knows what they're doing? And so this is what they do. The NSA, they lie to us. The NSA is there to protect us only from terrorists. That's why they're violating the whole Constitution. But um, now we find out that the Drug Enforcement Administration for years has been making drug arrests on information supplied by the NSA. And the NSA has told the DEA, who has told its agents, don't ever say that the NSA gave you this information. So what do they do? Uh, they get uh, information from the NSA that some drug dealer has got a truck full of, I don't know what, marijuana, you know, something horrible that's going to rot your brain, like, you know, kill you, marijuana, right? And so they, stock this, they stop a truck. Uh, the DEA will swoop down and stop a truck at some, like, you know, crossing of a border, you know, between Wisconsin and whatever, you know, and... um Wow, amazing. They found this. And the DEA then will go into court and say that through our own surveillance and through informants who we can't reveal their names, uh, we got the information that so-and-so was buying these drugs or whatever drugs. It could have been meth, bad drugs, right? And, and driving in, and we, and we stopped them and successfully interdicted this, and we arrested the, uh, the bad guys and the perpetrators. They're lying in court about where the information came from. In other words, they're making federal cases in federal courts and in some cases, for all I know, in state courts, but they're making federal, inf- federal um, cases against drug dealers uh, based on information scooped out of the air from everybody's um, uh, you know, emails and phones in America uh, by the NSA, and the NSA is telling them, don't say we gave it to you. Do we have any idea whether the FBI is routinely getting information about uh, protests? About you call somebody up and say you know I think we should get together and have a protest about income inequality, or we should get together and say this is outrageous um, what Walmart is doing, or this is un you know this is unacceptable that Scott Walker is sticking uh, vaginal probes in women because he's sick in his head and Charles Koch wants him to do it. We're going to get together in uh, Madison or someplace else or in uh, Washington D.C. or we're going to we're going to protest this. We're going to use our rights for free speech as citizens and. Uh, The NSA taps all this and gives it to the FBI or to the Washington, D.C. Metro Police or somebody, and then they bust people. And then they lie about where they got their information in court, which makes all these cases unconstitutional. But you know what? Who cares anymore? Either we take the country back or we sit back and watch TV. They have really sewn this thing up this time. We are one eyelash flicker away from utter fascism in this country. You want to vote? Vote. Be my guest. Unless we turn out in the street, unless all kinds of local things pop up where we take control of our own government back, we're doomed. We're doomed.